welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. This morning I want to speak about uh, being men of honour. Everyone say honour. Turn to the person next to you and say honour. Fantastic. And I want to I want to read a uh, story okay out of uh, the Bible and it's found in Mark. Everyone say Mark. For those of you who are visiting and aren't uh, used to um, the church uh, culture or reading from the Bible, can I just say this that the Bible is not a dusty old irrelevant book. The Bible is God's handbook for life. And as we read today, you'll see um, that to be true. And so this is an account uh, of Jesus' life. And it's found in Mark chapter 6, reading from verse 1. It says, Jesus left there. Okay, so he was obviously doing some work and ministering around different parts um, of the globe at that time. He said he left there and he went to his hometown. Everyone say hometown. Uh, accompanied by his disciples, they were his mates, they were his band of brothers, they were his real men that he had around him. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that he's been given, that he does even miracles? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? And the brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon, aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offence at him. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, everyone say hometown, among his relatives and in his own house is a prophet without honour. Everyone say honour. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Let's just quickly recap on what we've read. Basically, Jesus has been doing some ministry around the place. And he has this notion to go back home. And so they head back home. Home is the place where you grow up. Home is the place where you are known to people and by people. It's, It's where they saw you grow up and make your mistakes. And so Jesus, I'm going to go back to where I grew up. A lot of people know me there. And when he went back, I'm sure initially they were probably happy to see him. Um, And uh, when they saw Jesus, the Bible says that they were amazed. They were amazed because he did some pretty amazing things. They were amazed at the wisdom that, Jesus had. They were amazed at the miracles that Jesus did. They were amazed at the many things that he did. But probably the most amazing thing was this, that it was actually Jesus doing it. Because they saw him grow up. They saw him make all those mistakes. And I imagine they're looking at Jesus, are you kidding me? You? Really, you? We must have a, must be a different guy. So they're amazed, but what they're more amazed about is that it's Jesus. How many of you can relate to that? People around you are amazed 
I think when people who I grew up with know what I do today, they're amazed. I make a living out of speaking publicly. That's what I do. In school, growing up, I didn't do public talks. I was one of the shyest kids in the school. Every Monday morning, I dreaded because it was morning talk. You had to give an account or some feedback of what you did on the weekend. And it seemed to me that all the girls had that thing nailed. They loved talking and some of the guys did. But for me, I was shy, shy, shy. And so I think uh, some people are amazed, not just at what I'm doing, but they're amazed that I'm doing it because you're the guy who didn't say anything at school. It's amazing. And I think that's what's going on here in Jesus' hometown. But here's the sad thing. They weren't amazed and celebrated. They were amazed and they took offense. They actually got mad when they said, aren't you the carpenter? Why didn't you just stay back in your shop and, and do some carpentry? Why do you have to go off and do all these great things and make us look bad? Why did you do that for? We know your mother. She's not perfect. Just the other day, she kicked the cat. Your brothers, he listen, listen by name. Judas and Simon and Joe, all these guys. Well, you've been off gallivanting around. These, these guys, they, they, they are carnal to the hilt. We, we know about you. And they're trying to dismiss what Jesus is doing. They said, we know your sisters. Oh, my goodness, your sisters. Your mother, your brothers and your sisters, we know you. Don't come here with all your healing and your miracles. Who do you think you are? You ever had that said over your life? Who you are? Just turn my own microphone off. I've never done that before. Who do you think you are? They took offense because they're jealous, curse of comparison. This is what I know about Jesus. Everything about him will draw a response from you, be it good or bad. You don't read of people saying, ah, Jesus, take him or leave him. He either makes people mad, glad, or sad. He draws a response from people. And that's the way he intended it. And because all this is going on, Jesus says this. This is his response to what's going on. He doesn't go in the corner and sulk, men. He didn't sulk. He just calls it for what it is. He knows they're offended. He knows they're upset. He knows they're not liking what's going on. But he turns to his disciples and says this, that a prophet does not receive the honour that he is due in his hometown. What is honour? Honour is respect. It's to think of and to acknowledge and appreciate and admire and love. And Jesus was saying that quite often people don't think of you the way they should in your hometown. They don't admire you, appreciate you, love you, respect you in your hometown the way other people do. And as a result, Jesus couldn't do much there. 
There's all this incredible power at his disposal and he's limited because there's no honour in his hometown. In other words, no honour, no miracles. No honour, no power. Are you getting this, men? To be men of honour, we need to understand what Jesus is saying. And I believe Jesus is saying this, through all that we've read this morning, that honour must start at home. Honour must start at home base, on the home front. And the home front involves the following. Number one, the home front involves you. Everyone say you. Turn to the person and say you means me. It starts with you. It starts with the guy in the mirror. If you want to get this honouring right, you've got to honour yourself. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, it says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You're not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your body. If we're going to have sweet relationships, if we're going to get a good foundation, we've got to make sure that we honour at the home front. And that starts with you. Everything starts with you. Everything in life starts with you. And so Jesus says, honour the Lord with your body. And that means what you eat. I want to encourage you men that are a little bit overweight and or unfit, just to eat healthy. It's a way, it's a way of honouring. Why should you just honour your body by just feeding it rubbish? Just very practical this morning. Honour your body through eating the right things. Honour your body through watching what you watch on television or the internet. You're not honouring your own body when you watch a whole heap of filth on the television or internet. Honour starts at home and home starts with you. We honour our own bodies by watching what we listen to. There's a whole heap of gossip going around, always and forever. There was in Jesus' time. You can choose to get involved in it and listen to it or not. The jury for me is still out as to whether Facebook is a good thing or a bad thing. I believe it has a potential to be good. I think more often than not, it becomes a gossip network. And we feed off it. And it's so dishonouring to ourselves when we listen to the wrong things. Honour starts with you. So watch what you eat. Watch what you watch. Watch what you listen to. Watch what you think about. Some people get a bad attitude and then they nurse and rehearse. He said, he said, she said, she did this. Pete will tell you. Pete does much of the marriage counselling alongside his wife Sally in this church. And, and very few times... Does the man stand up and say, you know what? I've been thinking about what I said and I was wrong. We're so busy nursing and rehearsing what she said, what they said, what they did, what she said. 
And the one person we're dishonoring in that, essentially, first and foremost, is ourselves. So watch what you think about. And lastly, just watch what you do. Watch what you do. Relationships are a wonderful thing, but they can become really unhealthy very quick by doing the wrong thing too soon. I still believe in the godly principles of sex before marriage being something that is unhelpful and unproductive. I know that may be old-fashioned to some, but when we get involved in sexual relations prior to being married, ultimately, according to the Word of God, we're dishonoring ourselves. And we're dishonoring those that we're having those relationships with. And so if we're going to be men of honor, it starts with us. So watch what you eat, watch what you watch, watch what you listen to, watch what you think about, and watch what you do. Secondly, the home front involves your family. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, it says, If anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for his immediate family, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I celebrated my 20th wedding anniversary on Wednesday. February the 8th, 1992, my wife and I got married. And I looked at a photo of our wedding day and I look at a photo of my wife now. And for me, she's more beautiful than ever before. I love her more than ever before. I know her far more than I ever have before. And I just absolutely love being in love with my wife. Now, here's the thing. There's lots of other great women in my world right now. Good looking, attractive, very personable, hospitable, generous women in my world right now who deserve my compliments, who deserve my appreciation, who deserve honour. Absolutely. But here's the thing. No woman on the face of the planet should be honoured more than the one in my hometown, in my home, my wife. So it's okay to honour others as we should, and it's okay to compliment others as we should. But let me just say this to all the married men in this place, you should never honour another woman more than you honour your wife. This is the beginning of the end for all relationships when we start saying to our wives, well, she does that. She cooks really well. See, let's just break it down. Let's get it into today's language. Honey, I love you, but look at her body. She's got a great body. And we're honouring her and her body, and what she has, and what she does, and what she looks like more than our hometown princess. When they would not give Jesus the honour, he could do very little. When you will not give your wife the honour she deserves, it's all over, fellas. It's not about her changing. Well, if she lost weight, no, no. It's about you giving honour where honour is due. That's where it starts. It's so easy to acknowledge the beauty, the intelligence, the giftedness, 
in someone you hardly know and just see from a distance. But to love the same woman every day and smell her breath in the morning and, and see her without makeup. These, these people that we tend to compare our wives with, we haven't smelt their morning breath. We haven't seen them without makeup. And just like the people began to despise Jesus, we begin to despise those who are closest to us because we get to see them warts and all and we know them. We can do the same with our kids. Little Johnny, he's, why can't you be more like him? He's fantastic. He's only fantastic because you don't know him and you don't see him all the time. And your kids can grow up resenting. The Bible is very clear. It says, parents, do not exasperate your children. How do you exasperate them? Well, I believe by comparing them to other kids. That's exasperating to kids. By telling them to do one thing and yet you do another, that exasperates them. But if we can begin to honour our kids, if we can begin to acknowledge our kids and not draw comparisons by saying, why couldn't you be more like? I think there'll be incredible power and life and health and energy flowing into your life and into your family. This has been a massive week for me. We celebrated our 20th anniversary. Our youngest daughter, Bailey, who we affectionately called BJ, started school this year for the very first time. And, and that was awesome. And on Monday, straight after school, we uh, asked her what she wanted to do to celebrate her first day of school. And she wanted to go bowling. The other two said, man, we just got ice cream. I said, well, that's all you asked for. <laughs> so funny. They just asked for ice cream. They're happy with that. But VJ wants bowling and faster pasta for dinner. So she gets it. The other two were like, what? I said, well, you didn't ask for it. Should have asked. But that's not the point. Here's the point. I sat on a bed in a school uniform straight after school and I started videoing her. I said, tell me about your first day of school. And I've got this little keepsake. And right at the end of asking her about this and what letter, she learned the letter S. So how she does the letter S and what starts with S? Snake starts with S. And what else did you do? And she learned some songs. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. My dad plays the electric guitar. And all that kind of thing. And, and I finished by saying this. Sweetie, I'm so proud of you. She hasn't really, she hasn't really done anything yet. But I'm proud of her. It's the kind of upbringing that I had. My dad's not proud of me and Pete and Baz because of what we're doing. He was proud of us when we didn't do anything. It's kind of like the voice of the father over Jesus. Jesus hadn't done anything. and He's got baptised and... The father says, this is my son whom I love, and with him I'm well pleased. That's honour. And it's got to start at home. With all the morning breath, with all the messy bedrooms. I mean, Mitchie, I love him, but oh my gosh, keep your room clean, kid. But that's our little thing, that's our battle. That's my cross I have to carry on a daily basis. But let's not draw comparisons and start exasperating them because we forget what we've got in the home. 
Unfortunately, and we've seen this far too often, people have to lose everything before they realize what they had. Men, make a stand. Be men of honor and may it start on the home front. And my last point this morning is this. The home front involves, number one, you. Secondly, your family. And thirdly, your local church. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, it says, The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor. Now, I'll be the first to admit there's lots of great ministry out there. There's some incredible TV shows. You can pretty much download anything via the internet and hear any message you want from any speaker in the world today. And for me to say that um, they're they're no good would be absolutely wrong. There is incredible ministry out there. And much of it is available absolutely free of charge. And for you to get excited about that and for you to learn from that and for you to get encouraged, built up and edified through that ministry, fantastic. That's good, godly and right. But my question is, should that be at the expense of those that you see every Sunday? And I just want to say, before I get into my examples, this is not me being the pastor of this church and having an insecure moment. I'm speaking on behalf of every pastor in this church and every pastor in every local church who feels the weight of what I'm talking about. I'm talking about every connect group leader in this church and every connect group leader in every local church. Because as good as many of these keynote speakers that bless you and encourage you are, I'll be honest with you, and I don't mean to be crass, but they don't even know you. They've never prayed for you a day in their life. They haven't held your hand when you were sick. They didn't visit you in hospital. That's how good they are. And it's so easy to start getting all this ministry And belittling the very thing that actually has made you the person you are. And that's the local church. The universal church is wonderful. That's all believers all around the world in all time and history. The universal church. But the majority of times that the Bible talks about the church, he's talking about the local church. The place where you receive love. The place where you receive encouragement, the place where you receive teaching, the place where you receive correction. I believe if we could get this honoring on the home front right, there'd be more power in our lives. Instead of having to run from this church to this church, it never ceases to amaze me where people come up to me and say, I want you to disciple me or or mentor me or speak into my life. And you start speaking to their life and then they feel this calling God to go to another church. It's an amazing thing. And we so dishonor the local church. And and there are many parts of Adelaide that have these people that go from church to church to church because they don't know how to honor the home church and get planted. Now, I will say this and stipulate it one more time. I have been blessed with some incredible ministry from men and women that will never meet me and never know me. Absolutely. But none of that should replace I mean, is it right for us to have an American speaker in our church that you encourage and say yes and amen in the preaching more than your local pastors and preachers? Just a thought. If we can get this right, 
we have incredible power, health, and relationships. And so what I'm saying is not to back off in your encouragement and honor of others. I think we just need to do a little bit of soul searching and ask ourselves, how honoring are we on the home front? How honoring are we with our own bodies? How honoring are we with our own families? And how honoring are we with our own church? Honor, in closing, starts in the heart. In other words, it's an attitude before it's an action. Jesus said in Mark chapter 7, verse 6, Isaiah the prophet, a man that lived many years before the disciples, was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. When he wrote, These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And so honour is an inside job first, which should manifest in outward honour. But you can outwardly honour someone, but inwardly hate their guts. It's called being a hypocrite. And I think the biggest portion of this world resents the church because of its hypocrisy. And we have an opportunity to change that. We have an opportunity to mess with people's heads and say, you know what, I used to hate the church because they were so full of hypocrites, but I look at you guys and there's something different about you. Much of the feedback we get about this church is summed up in one word, and I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. And it's this, you're so real. You're so real. I mean, I've stopped in front of this church and meetings like this many times and just talked about some of the dumb things I've done, some of the stupid things I've done. I shared on Vision Sunday last week these incredible dreams we have for the year. But then I finished by saying, you know what, I, I need you to know, I don't just get up here and say these things lightly. The lead up to Vision Sunday is probably the heaviest week of my life, the weightiest week. Not because of a pressure that anyone puts on me, but just the, the weight of making promises. The weight of the commitments that is required to see those promises come to pass. There's a weight to that. And sometimes it manifests in arguments with those that are in my hometown, those that are closest to me. And I stood up and told you all, I said, and to my shame this week, I've had some arguments with my wife that really were over nothing. Did I hide that from you? No, we want to be real. And so we're going to take this message serious and we're going to start really honoring. It's got to start in the heart. It's not just with praises on our lips, but our hearts aren't in it. It's got to start inside so that we can be the real men that give the honour where honour is due what I love about the local church is that we're going to be here tomorrow we're going to be here on Monday for you we're going to be here on Tuesday and when you celebrate uh, because things are going really well for you Matt's getting married and we're going to be there for him and we're going to celebrate that we're going to celebrate the lead up we're going to celebrate the ceremony and we're going to celebrate the after not straight after we'll leave you alone for that but we're going to be here for you when things are good and when things are bad we're going to be here for you that's the power of the local church that's the power of family that's the power of marriage unfortunately they've all been distorted and watered down because people have not shown the honour. People say, well, if marriage was the answer, why do marriages fall down? Marriage isn't the answer. 
Marriage is the plan. But to make that plan work, you've got to do the right things. And right at the top of that is honour. Honour your husband, honour your wife, honour your kids, honour your brother, honour your father, honour your mother. It starts with honouring. You can't just say as Christians, you've got to get married. You've got to not stop sleeping. There's ways and means. And this whole sweet relationship series that we're going into is part of us giving yet again to help people who are really struggling when it comes to relationships. Matt's getting married on the 19th of February, which is just really, really awesome. And it's actually going to be part of our Sunday night service. And we're getting really, really excited for him. But <laughs> he's getting But our promise to you, mate, is we're going to be here on the 20th and the 21st, year 2012 and 2013 and 2014. The other thing about February that's special is this church turns 18 years of age. We've been leading this church. We started with a handful of people. And for 18 years, just little by little, hanging around. Can, what? There we go. It can turn, yeah, we can. We, the, the very church can come to the bloke because it's 18. Got it. <sighs> okay, cool. <laughs> I'd say stand, but I'm not going to because it just loses a heap of time in the, the noise that we make. But I would love to pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word. It never changes. It never ceases to amaze us. And I just pray with your guidance and wisdom and direction, you would help us and empower us to put this word into practice, that we may be men of honor, starting at home. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen. God bless.